everybody and welcome to this episode of Cult Scenes K-Pop Unmuted. This week we're going to be talking about a very special topic that I'm sure is close to many people's hearts. We'll be discussing BTS's new album, Love Yourself Hurt. With me is Alexis. Hey. And we have US BTS ARMY account admin as our special guest. Hello. Well, thanks so much for joining us. First of all, admin, how did you get into BTS? I saw their debut stage back in 2013, and then I just kind of kept digging into them and, you know, looking into them, and then I just eventually became a fan. And when did you start the uh, Twitter account? I started it April, April of 2014. Oh, wow. You've been doing it a while. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've kind of, like, grown with BTS throughout the years. Yes, you can definitely say that. On Twitter, it says that you're the first and largest U.S. fan base for BTS. So how has it felt to kind of witness and be a part of the band's growth internationally and in the U.S. specifically? I just honestly consider myself very lucky to, A, be able to find a group that I feel like I can connect with a lot and see them grow as big as they have. Because, you know, when I started this, I never in my wildest dreams thought that it would be at this level. Another one of the podcast hosts, Stephen, asked me to bring up throughout the discussion why, why BTS is so prominent in the world and in the U.S. specifically. So I want to hear from you and Alexis why you guys think that happened. Well, I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the show, but I actually got the chance to interview BTS twice this year. And that was actually one of my questions. And it's a question that probably everyone asked them while they were doing their media tour prior and after the Billboard Music Award. But what Rap Monster said was that it was because of their social media that they were really active on there and they got the chance to interact with fans and whatnot. But I also think that a really large part was the music because the music. I guess it's more relatable to worldwide audiences and they always, since like day one, stuck out within K-pop and it wasn't really like anything that was in the market in that time. And I think that how they evolved both musically and concept-wise, I think it's really interesting, especially now, which I would say the DNA is probably their most K-pop-y release yet so it's definitely interesting but I do think that it's a combination of fans being able to see them a lot on their YouTube and what was it called army bomb or army something like that bangtan bomb yeah that I think that a lot of k-pop fans really fall in love with their with their biases when they watch them on variety shows and everything and I think that BTS was kind of like a pioneer in putting themselves out there for everyone to see them and just like periodically fall in love with them. How about you? I mean, I definitely agree. It was their music was relatable. It wasn't the typical K-pop stuff that you used to hear like, oh, I love girl and oh, she's so cute or I love you kind of thing. It was stuff they could relate to. And they definitely made themselves way more accessible on social media, which helped them grow their international fan base you know because they they were just more accessible they were constantly on twitter and releasing bangtan bombs on youtube so that's definitely a huge factor so 
again, this was was spurred by Stephen's question, and Stephen wanted me to ask a follow-up. So this is all for Stephen and for anybody else who is thinking the same things as Stephen. Most of the time, it seems like most people who are into the meaning behind BTS's lyrics are people who are already familiar with them. So why do you think that people are initially drawn to BTS if they don't know about K-pop, if they don't know about BTS explicitly in K-pop, when previously in the past, like, Big Bang, EXO, SHINee, who else? All the big ones had such a different sound, and that attracted people. But why do you think that BTS in particular is able to attract so many new fans? I personally think it's the beats, just in general, the beats of their music and their choreographies. They're really good dancers. Most people, most people in my family who at first called me crazy for being into K-pop, they're not necessarily into it, but they know who BTS is. They recognize their songs if they hear me playing them or a couple of my family members even have it downloaded on their phones because they just, they like the beat of this song or they've seen the music video and they like the choreography. So I just think it's, it's really that. It's just they're great performers. I definitely agree. I think this is going to be a little bit out there, but stay, <laughs> stay with me. I think that BTS is kind of like this generation's big bang in that their music is really approachable to foreign fans. I think that a lot of people, especially like American or whatever, got into K-pop listening to Big Bang or 21, which the sound was more digestible, I guess, or more approachable. And it was interesting. It was different, but it was still, it still had that level of relatability where it wasn't like super, super out there. I think that a lot of K-pop, you know, like 2009, 2010, I think that K-pop was an acquired taste. And I think that BTS took the best out of both worlds. Like they did the big showy, like interesting concepts K-pop is known for, but they also had music that even someone who did not know anything about K-pop or thought less about K-pop when they heard a BTS song, it was like, oh, this is cool. Uh, Yeah, I definitely agree with what both of you are saying. Where are these fans coming from is kind of where I want to follow up. Are most of BTS's fans nowadays K-pop fans or are they from somewhere else? I mean, I still want to say majority of BTS fans are K-pop fans. The majority of them definitely are, but it's slowly starting to see a growing number of people who I wouldn't necessarily consider K-pop fans, but they do like BTS. So majority is still definitely K-pop fans, but they are garnering newer fans who are not necessarily strictly K-pop fans who just like good music. We've seen so many K-pop acts try to break into the U.S. market in a variety of ways, and the most successful was Wonder Girls, and they were just successful as an opening act for the Jonas Brothers and with their own Nickelodeon movie. We've seen other acts on the Billboard charts. We've seen other acts on iTunes charts, but we've never seen an act hit number one on iTunes. The album chart, we've never seen a lot of things that have been happening recently. So what do you think about this album and why it's so momentous? I'm really wary to say that this is their break into specifically like the U.S. market because I don't necessarily think that's what this is. I feel like this album was made very much to appeal more of a global audience than any of their previous albums were. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it's why it has all the, you know, it's like EDM heavy and the auto-tune and some of the songs. So I definitely think it was made to appeal a more global audience so that they could try and achieve in getting on the Billboard Hot 100 chart 
and getting a higher spot on the Billboard Top 200. So, you know, I don't really know. I really hope it goes well. I know it's doing very well so far. But again, it's just, I don't necessarily want to say like, this is the album that's gonna get him into the Western market. Yeah, that's definitely like a big statement. But this is not like something we've heard from them before. And it's fine since they change their sound with every release and everything. But I think that more so than ever before, this album sounds like they want to hit the Billboard 100. And who knows if it'll happen? Hopefully it will. But yeah, I think that the EDM and like, there's one song made by the Chainsmokers. And you know, if no one had told me, I would have said maybe three of them were made by them. Like, (laughs) so it's so funny. Like, I know I was the one who asked the question. and I was like, kind of a leading question. But actually, when I was listening to the album, it felt to me, a lot more like it was an album aimed at Korea's market because BTS still doesn't quite have the grasp in Korea that they do amongst international K-pop fans. And DNA, like Alexis said before, is their most K-pop release ever. And the album, the first half of the album is so EDM-y, which is EDM is pretty popular in Korea in the club circuit. So yeah, like on the charts, it's like alt R&B and ballads and stuff. But like, Everyone in Korea knows EDM. And then the second half felt more to me aimed at like their international audience. And honestly, putting the Billboard Awards speech just felt like total pandering for the Korean audience to me. (laughs) I was hoping it would be like a cipher or something just titled Billboard speech. I honestly thought that that was what it was going to be like a commentary or because they've done that before, right? Yeah. Like I didn't anticipate it was going to like literally be their acceptance speech. I mean, I thought it was cute, I guess, but now that you say it, like, I, I see your point. I just, I just, like, part of me is concerned that BTS isn't or isn't being allowed from whatever, from the fans, from the company, from whoever, from PR. I have no idea just being able to move on past the Billboard Awards. And it was a great moment for K-pop and a great moment for BTS. What do you think, Edmund? I'm not necessarily surprised that they put the speech on there. I feel like it's still something to them or even to the fandom that's necessarily still important because it was such a monumentous occasion. I mean, personally, I am still not over it. It was in May. It's September now. And I was lucky enough to go and see it. And I went to the Billboard Music Awards. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm still not over it. So I feel like a lot of the fandom feels that way because I know I'll watch my fan cams over and over again and I will, I will still freak out about it. So I feel like coming from a fan perspective, it completely made sense because it's something that the fandom or ARMY in general are still really, really proud about. You know, it's it's huge. It's a big deal to us because they did something that no one's ever done before. Yeah, and it's the album like right after that happened. So I don't necessarily think that it's misplaced. Right, I guess I misspoke when I said it was misplaced more. I was just surprised that it was included in the format that it was. That was mostly because I was hoping for a cipher that I didn't really get. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Everybody loves the ciphers. When Mic Drop started, I thought that, I mean, obviously I knew it wasn't a cipher, but I thought that was like the direction it was going to go and it didn't.
They always have like this heavy hip hop song on their albums, and that didn't happen on this one. It it's like K pop hip hop. I mean, I still like mic drop a lot. Like every time I'm listening, I'm just like yes. But I do see what you're saying. It it does feel more K poppy. I think that maybe like what you said, like the first half is for like international fans, and the second one for Korea or the other no, way around. Right. I'm sorry. Maybe less more so than international versus Korean. It's like the first few songs are aimed at, I guess, attracting the most amount of people possible, whether that's international audience or K-pop audience. And then after Pied Piper, from then on, it's towards the fans. Like you have Pied Piper where they're just like, stop watching us. (laughs) Um, Go do your work, which I think is hilarious. It's my favorite song on the album because I love crap like that. I just think it's so funny. Like, I just, I was listening to it and I was like, wait, are they really saying that? I know my Korean's crap, but let me go like listen to this again. And then after Pied Piper is when you get the Billboard Awards speech, which, like Admin said, was such a crazy moment for fans that it'll be something they never forget, and now it's on an album. And then from then on, you have the songs that are kind of hip-hop-y in a way that I think most fans are into uh, BTS. I nearly said Big Bang there. I mean BTS. (laughs) Oh, as a side note, I don't know if they said it anywhere else, because I interviewed them right after the Billboard Music Awards, and it didn't make my article. But I think one of my questions was like, what was the thing that like most surprised them or something? And the thing that they chose and they were like, we just weren't expecting our fans to be there. I'm surprised that they were surprised that we were there. Yeah, right. Because I mean, if it's one thing that, you know, K-pop fans in general have shown is complete and utter devotion to their groups. So the fact that they were genuinely amazed that they had fans show up is, is funny to me. So I also had a similar experience with Alexis while interviewing them where they said that they didn't know about their widespread appeal until they really reached the Billboard 200 and started getting called by like family members like you made it. Yeah. And do you think that they maybe understand their social reach online virtually, but they didn't until fans came out to them to support that social award? in person? Do you think that maybe they didn't really realize how far Fred their reaches? Not just online, but offline. Probably. I mean, it's one thing to see how much influence you have over, you know, a computer or the internet and just kind of guess at it, but see it in person can, it probably can definitely be surprising. So, Admin, what's your thoughts on the album as a diehard fan? Because neither Alexis nor I are ARMY. We have paid attention to the group. We like their music. So, coming from someone who is diehard ARMY, what do you think of the album? I mean, I definitely like it. Like I said, I definitely think it was made to appeal more of a global type audience than, you know, it's not something that we're used to from them. I definitely think it's different, but I mean, I still definitely like it. I know a lot of other ARMY like it. You know, the fandom in general is always so supportive of our groups. Definitely sure that this album would do well, just like the other albums have done well. And each song is still really great. And it's definitely a good opening for the series that's supposed to be rolling out, you know, going into 2018. So I'm just excited to see what else they're going to bring to the table after this. Yeah, I mean, this is the start of the Love Yourself era, which is I'm personally really excited for. I really liked a lot of the promotional images and videos that they dropped. I definitely enjoyed the album. I, as I said before, and I really hope nobody attacks me for this. Please don't, guys. I'm not army. I I really support everything that BTS is doing, but it's not the type of 
album that I'm personally drawn to. I like elements of it. Like I said, I really like Pied Piper and Mic Drop. I think that there is something to both of those songs that resonate with me, specifically as someone who has spent many years studying K-pop and K-pop fan culture, because Pied Piper is just, to me, is an amazing song because it's essentially BTS trying to pull what they've pulled with so many other things and address an elephant in the room that no other K-pop act is addressing. So that's why I really appreciate Pied Piper from them. And mic drop. I don't know how many people have read the lyrics, but um, they use a lot of Korean slang. And someone actually on Twitter translated one of them for me because I didn't know what um, Tangjin Jam is. It's like spending to have fun and like a really spendthrift lifestyle. And I just like socially, BTS has been pinned with this social conscious of K-pop. And I don't think every song of theirs is that. I really like, like, I really, really like Serendipity. Like when that teaser dropped, I was just like... (gasps) This is totally my my type of music and it's so pretty. I really like it. You know I know. When you see me, when you touch me. But I I think that there's really something to BTS appealing to wider audiences through the EDM of the first half of the album. But I think that where they're talking about issues that they've become known for talking about that I really appreciate them the most. So yeah, I guess the second half of the album resonates to me more. I actually send it to another writer, not Alexis for once, that I thought this album was a bit of an existential crisis for BTS. In my Billboard piece, I wrote about how it was an album that shows the duality of the group. And thinking on it more, I felt a little bit to me like the first half, again, was aimed at wider audiences and the second half was perhaps the music that they'd really like to be making to some degree, just because it was so much more towards the music that they've released in the past. And every musician, every artist ends up dealing with moving forward from the past without repeating itself. So I was just kind of thinking that this is a big moment for the group artistically because now they're going to be shaping their direction moving forward and I kind of felt that that's what kind of the divide of the album was about. I guess I'll preface this by saying that I'm not an ARMY but I am a casual BTS fan. I mean I'm not deaf. I know that they're really talented and I really like their songs and what they put out and I think that the recognitions and everything that's coming their way is really well-deserved, um, especially... Yes, I agree with you. Especially because BTS was one of those groups that, in their early days, like everyone was always really concerned about them because they were always touring and they were always going to like all these places and releasing like two albums or three albums. No, not three, but two albums a year. So I think that it's well-deserved that they did indeed put in the work this album for me the thing with this album is that I was expecting too much because with every BTS release I mean I'm not gonna say that they're you know like game changers but there is like a sense of innovation with their albums and I always feel like they always 
bring something new into the genre. Well, not genre, because K-pop is not a genre, but they bring something new to the, what should we call it? I like how you just, I, I always I always call it either the scene or the industry, but also I like to like comment that Alexis just dropped that bomb of like, K-pop's not a genre, and that's a whole episode that we have to do one day uh, in the future. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's another topic for another day. But okay, anyway, BTS always brings something new to K-pop, right? For example, in their last album, Blood, Sweat, Tears, and even Not Today, you can't compare those songs to anything out there. Like, even outside of K-pop, right? So when this album dropped, it was just like, with every song, I kept being like, okay, what else? Okay, what else? And with the songs that they included, I never got that moment, you know? Because Not Today is a moment. Their ciphers are a moment. Like... I don't think it's a bad album. I just think that it's not better than the previous ones. But with that said, I guess my favorite one would be Dimple, because it is a little bit, I'll say it's the most interesting one. Go ahead, Admin. Shade us. I mean, everyone is entitled to their own opinion, you know, and I'm not necessarily going to stand here and tell you why you're wrong because it's your opinion and you're very much allowed to have your own opinion. You're not, I'm probably going to get in trouble for this too. You're not the only one who I've heard has been, I guess, like you said, underwhelmed with the album or it's not what they expected. I know a lot of other fans, I've seen them kind of comment like, oh, this is different or oh, this isn't what I was expecting. So you're not necessarily the only one. I've seen it coming from people who call themselves ARMY, and I know for a fact are passionate, dedicated ARMY. I mean, I think this album is just, it's definitely not what we've heard of from BTS. It's not what some people have come to expect from BTS. I can't remember. I think it was Suga who said in the press conference on Sunday or Monday about how people change and it's good to try new things. So I definitely think this is what BTS is doing. You know, people don't always stay the same. Musicians and artists don't always stay the same. They definitely try and venture out into new things and see what works for them and see what doesn't. And maybe just, you know, BTS has been lucky that all of these things that they've tried have gone really successful for them. And, you know, maybe you think this one isn't exactly it. But I mean, personally, to me, I like the album. I love the songs on it. Pied Piper is definitely one of my favorites because how many K-pop groups will essentially diss their own fans? So I actually just thought I actually was going to write an article about it and I was like racking my brain trying to think of you. I got like a handful, but not enough for a whole list yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't think of any, you know, that come off, off the top of my head of how many, and I'm sure everyone right now when you post it is like throwing a bunch out, but I can't think of many groups who are like, you need to calm down. Like, we appreciate the love, but you, okay, we lied. Go study, put the phone down. (laughs) 
yeah, I just think it's something new that they're trying. And like I said, I love it. I know a lot of other fans love it. And it's just might not be everybody's cup of tea. Well, I, I wonder if it's also, it's the start of a new era for the group. So maybe we'll be seeing this Love Yourself era is a little bit more, I guess, bright than the Wings era, which was very dramatic. It seems like it's supposed to be a lot more of a brighter era moving forward. Just the whole concept of like loving yourself and accepting yourself and like moving beyond what they were originally doing, which was talking about, you know, the everyday struggles of young people and going through a bunch of stuff and thinking you're alone and stuff. When I first watched the music video, for me, it felt like 101's energetic. Put like the galaxy things on energetic and I felt that it was a really similar. And I'm not saying like, oh, BTS is copying 101, so calm down. I'm just saying that I got the vibe. <laughs> I definitely have been hearing 101 from people. I felt more of like an old, not, not so old school SM music video. Like this wouldn't be so ridiculous of a music video for like NCT Dream. Yeah. I really loved, 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 loved the DNA choreography. I thought that was really cool. But I'm really into formation choreographies right now. Like I like had a little dance of joy when we saw the piano performance from 101's Energetic at KCON. So I really am hoping we're getting more of this like depictive choreography. That's what I'm here for. It was for me like a little shocking to see like Suga and Rap Monster being cute. Like to that extent, I was just like, wait, what's happening? I need to interrupt before Admin tells us all about what we should know about DNA because I know I saw some like theories going about the colors and stuff. I really was disappointed that Suga didn't have a larger role in the music video and the song. I thought it was definitely V's, V's time to shine. I felt that maybe the style of the song wasn't quite as good at bringing in all the members evenly as some of their other songs and other music videos have. I personally loved the whole cutesy rap line thing that was going on because it's not something that they do all the time and it's something that K-pop fans, you know, or at least ARMY really, really like. I liked it because it was something different that you don't, you know, usually always see in a lot of BTS's title tracks, they can be very rap line heavy which is not necessarily a bad thing because I love it. But I personally liked DNA a little more for the reason that it centered a lot more on a vocal line this time, which is not yes. something that we get a lot with their title tracks. And the cutesy parts of Rap Mon and Sugar were just were adorable because we never get to see that. And they were super great. Yeah, I mean, as someone who I, I definitely always end up standing groups after I watch a reality show of theirs, uh, variety shows. So I was like watching this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is definitely the type of thing that will make new fans fall for like the cute and playful elements of BTS, which they haven't really shown in a music video before. So it was, it was really nice and refreshing in a way, because I thought I knew what I was going to expect. I was like, I had a pen and paper out and was like, okay, what am I going to, what literary elements have they like incorporated? What book are they basing at this off of? Like, I was really ready to go into this music video, like trying to find everything about it. And in the end, I was just like, oh, this is cute. <laughs> I'm 
Specifically with this music video, I haven't seen as many theories as uh, the bio as yeah as as there used to be. You know, armies have become really great detectives and trying to figure stuff out. And like, oh well, this means this, and this is because of this, and this is because of this. And you know, you used to see so many theories just come out after BTS's music videos. Not all of them, obviously, but you know, for the most part, it's like, oh well, this is this is this. But you know, I have seen maybe like one or two. But I just feel like this is not, it's just a really cool song to jam out to. It's not necessarily like, oh, well, this is because of this. And the moon is in this position because of this. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just don't think this one is too much necessarily like tying to anything like that. I know there are things actually in the album that tie into the previous series of Wings and um, Most Beautiful Moment in Life and stuff. But it's like a little booklet in the album, so it's not necessarily part of the tracks or the songs. Yeah, I think I think what keeps on coming up with DNA and this album to some degree is that it's a lot more in a way accessible than some of BTS's other music videos and singles, DNA. What, what was your favorite song on the album, Admin? Oh, I'm kind of at a toss right now. Pick them all like everybody else is doing on Twitter. <laughs> I'm not joking. I, I asked people what their favorite song was. Oh, yeah. And I'm pretty sure I have 3,000, like 200 comments of just all, just all, just all. And I'm like, all of them. I was like all. you guys are so, so cute. But also pick a song. <laughs> I, I'm kind of really leaning for my favorite song. It's like I, I really it takes me time to decide which song is my favorite out of all of BTS's albums. But I think for this one, as of right now, I'm leaning into um, outro. Oh, her? Her, yeah. because it's just their rapping that Rapline does is very reminiscent of their old style rapping. And it's kind of like a little nostalgic for me. So I'm kind of leaning towards that one. I also really like Pied Piper for the lyrics. And then also Best of Me. Oh, the elephant. I was about to say, we haven't even discussed Best of Me yet. And there's a part of me, there's a small part of me that doesn't want to like Best of Me as much as I do. And I know I'm probably going to get a lot of crap for that. (laughs) But I just, I'm really liking it. And I'm almost disliking how much I'm liking it. Specifically, I tend to like songs based on certain parts. And that one Haru Haru part gets me every single time. So I don't necessarily like Best of Me, and I'm saying this as someone who doesn't hate the Chainsmokers the same way that so many people do. Like, I, I listen I to some of their songs. Whereas Alexis does what Alexis and I have off. It's just a taste. We get it. We get it. So, like, I'll, I have Closer and Paris in my iTunes, and they come up, and I don't skip automatically. But, like, Best of Me doesn't really... It didn't really catch me in any different way, like Alexis was saying for as, like, DNA and Dimple from the first half of the album. But when the horror horror part starts, I'm just like, yes, good job. like their job i think their interpretation of the song is what makes the song but 
I listened to the album like on repeat preparing for this show and like every time best of me would come up I would find myself you know like bopping to it but like that's the point that's the type of music the chain smokers do and you know what like at the end of the day I don't think it's as banal as closer and like there are other I think that they like thank like thank you for giving us a better a better version of yourselves for BTS a better chain smokers yeah I like their their work like I like what they did on the song and I am okay and accepting with like the chain smokers production I felt people would like it way better than Chainsmokers average songs because it wasn't just the Chainsmokers writing the song. (laughs) And they weren't singing on it, thank God. They don't really sing on their songs. Uh, They do on Closer. Oh yeah, on Closer they do. (laughs) I think it was just one of them who worked with... uh, Yeah, it was Drew. Yeah, who worked with Ratmon. It was Drew, everybody, like, putting that out there. It was Drew, not the other one. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was uh, him and then Ratmon, J-Hope, and Suga who worked together to make the song. And then they kind of just took it from there. We did have some people asking on Twitter when I questioned what non-ARMY fans and non-ARMY media, or non-K-pop media's reactions to BTS were. Not K-pop media love anything BTS related because it brings in the clicks. Just about media coverage of BTS in English language media right now, I want to kind of address that there's definitely been a growth and we definitely know there's a growth because there's an audience and websites in 2017 are pretty desperate for clicks nowadays and BTS is really bringing that to a lot of outlets, which is great and I think has been a beneficial relationship between media and BTS and ARMY right now. I think that because ARMY is so, so dedicated, a lot of outlets have jumped on BTS, which in turn gives BTS more visibility in the English language market, which I think is really great. And hopefully that keeps on happening just for K-pop in general. I feel like every day I'm seeing at least one article by a non-traditionally K-pop outlet covering something, whether it's BTS or like Fashion Week had so much coverage. And I think K-pop's social prowess has never been a question. It's been something that I personally, I studied it in college. Like my thesis was on social media and K-pop. But I think it's so innately linked that it's been always kind of funny to me that like other social media fandoms weren't aware of K-pop or that like news organizations weren't aware of K-pop and BTS's virability kind of changed that in a really good way and I'm really happy to see that shift. I just think it's really funny how I'm not gonna say the name of the publication but ARMY will know because they know everything but at the beginning of the year um, like before they did their arena tour there was like this headline about like I don't even know what the American or Western artist is, but it's like, this guy really likes this K-pop band. And it was BTS. And like, not even two months later, it was, they were covering like, oh, BTS's beauty routine and BTS's best fashion looks. And it's just like, honestly, I think as a K-pop fan, I think that it gets almost ridiculous at times. I do agree that it's, really cool and I'm really glad that they're getting the exposure but for me the problem is more about quality more like actually giving us something of quality about them or their growth or I don't know I personally every time that I see like a random BTS 
article from like Vogue or something. I'm just like, really? Well, sometimes I hope it's someone in their editorial team who is a K-pop fan or who is an army and is just like, can I write this? Because this will actually make you happy and it will make me happy to write. I, I hope that's what the case is because that's the case is for me as someone who pretty much has made her career about writing about East Asian entertainment, which is what I love. So I'm hoping that everybody who's writing about it feels the same way I do about covering K-pop and BTS. But if you're not, you can go read my really cute rant about journalism and K-pop on Cold Scene once you're done listening to this podcast. I think that you can tell when the writer knows about what they're writing about, especially with BTS. There are a lot of like BuzzFeed writers who you can tell they're fans, but then... Yeah, they're K-pop fans. Yeah, but then there are a lot of other outlets when you can tell it's just like x writer was assigned like right about this k-pop band and they were like um okay and they did so <laughs> i mean i know for a fact that other fans and me personally it's something that we are trying to necessarily get used to and accept i mean we're very thankful always for anybody who takes the time to write anything about bts because it's exposure and um most of the time they're really great and the articles are, they're nice and they talk very nice about BTS. Occasionally you have really awful people who just do it to get a rise out of fans or they know will get them clicks to their article. There's one specifically that I can think of. I'm almost 100% sure I know who you're talking about right now. Yeah. Right, and I'm not gonna mention I'm not gonna mention who because I'm pretty sure Army know who specifically I'm talking about. I mean, on the daily I will at least get a DM from a fan telling me to report this account and I have them blocked and reported, so it's not like I could see any of their stuff. But you know, it's something that we as fans have to get used to with BTS's growth and their popularity rising, just seeing their name more. And you know, sometimes it's not always the best things. Like I'm gonna go out and say this. But when they were here for their tour, I don't know exactly how or, but they were on J14. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, and it really bothered me because they're always they were on, on there now. they've been on, yeah, they're always on there. But one of them really bothered me. It was something about their like autographs or like what you can know about their autographs. And they had completely switched two of the members autographs. One of them, I think it was, they mixed up um, V and Sugar's autograph. Oh. How do you mess that up? And and that's what I'm, it's like, you're supposed to be, I mean, I get your, I get your J14, but as a publication, this being your job, shouldn't you put a little effort into your work and make sure that you have the right autograph for the right person? On a similar note, the first time I interviewed them was for their Wings tour in Anaheim. So I thought it was really funny. Because knowing Tamara and everything, I know that it's customary that you send in your questions and they look them over. So I sent them my questions and I never got an email back saying like, oh, you can't ask this or anything. So when I was actually there, I asked them like, oh, by the way, like, are my questions okay? And their rep was like, oh, you can pretty much ask them whatever. Just don't ask them, you know, like about girlfriends. And I started laughing because as a K-pop fan, I was like... Like, no, like, who does that? Of course you don't ask about girlfriends. But, like, knowing that everyone <laughs> was interviewing them, and it's just, it's something, like, going back, you know, 20 years to, like, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and, like, all of the heyday of boy bands, like, that's what they always asked them. Even with One Direction, it was always, like, oh, do you have a girlfriend and whatever. So I thought it was kind of, like, 
thinking like someone <laughs> wanted to come in here and ask them about girlfriends. Like that was hilarious. I mean, BTS has many girlfriends all over the world. So how could they possibly pick just one? I mean, I can't remember. I think one of the members said it at a concert was ARMY or their girlfriends or something like that. It's such a K-pop thing. It's either they... idols say their fans are their girlfriends or they like just friends own them. Yeah. Admin, what are your high hopes for BTS for the rest of the year now that you've listened to the new album and now that you've seen the music video? I mean, I definitely want them to break into the top 100 chart. That's, I think, the most obvious immediate goal. Long term, I mean, it'd be really nice to see them win another Taesong you know, just continue to grow and be successful. I read in an article somewhere, one of their company reps said they had their next 18 months already scheduled. So, I mean, they're definitely going to be busy. Personally, I'm really keeping an eye on Korea to see if this is going to be the album that gives BTS the nod in Korea. Everyone everyone who knows K-pop in Korea knows about BTS, but I don't think everyone knows BTS in Korea. And I'm really intrigued to see if BTS is going to be able to move into that top tier of groups that is recognized publicly. I mean, I definitely do wish they would promote themselves more in Korea, like see them on more variety shows. But at the same time, I also am really thankful for all of the, all the things they do internationally, because that gives me an opportunity to see them more. I'm looking forward to the dance practice of DNA. Because someone said that BTS said that this was like their most intricate choreography. And by the music video, that didn't seem that way to me. So I want to see what that is about. Because like to me, Not Today and Blood, Sweat, Tears are like crazy. Like I don't understand how they get through those two choreographies. Alexis was one of BTS's first fans at Cold Scene. Remember when you guys went to yeah. like their show? I went to the show and prove show, by the way, from American Hustle Life. So how many of you can say that? But anyway. About only 200 people, me included. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I hope that they go far with this album. They already topped the iTunes album charts in the US and so many other countries. I was really trying to remember what it was like being a K-pop fan a few years ago when Billboard charting started happening. And it was so exciting. And I feel like there's so much energy just surrounding and supporting BTS. I don't think that they're like the harbingers of K-pop to mainstream media, but I think that this is a big moment that we're going to talk about for years to come. I will say it's nice to have this new figure that me personally, I can refer to when writing about K-pop in like non-K-pop outlets, I can refer to them for their achievement instead of having to go back to Psy time and time again. Oh my gosh. Now I can be like, BTS, they won a Billboard Award. They did this, this, and that. And like, we can just leave Psy behind. I just have to say, as a journalist, you need to reference past achievements for people to understand. So anytime I get a tweet after I write about BTS and say something about Psy or I write about other things K-pop and say something about BTS, my Twitter feed is just full. Why are you mentioning XYZ? And I'm just like, because non-K-pop fans don't know what we're talking about. We have these big moments that come every few years, and I really think that this is BTS's era, and I just want to see it keep going smoothly. So, um, admin, where can people find you on social media? 
on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all the same name, USBTS Army. Pretty easy. And Alexis, aside from at Cold Scene and at K-Pop Unmuted, where can people find you? I'm not going to say after this episode, so if <laughs> anyone wants to find me, like, they're going to have to do their dirty work. Like, I'm not, I'm not making it easy for you to attack me after this episode. No, I'm joking. You can find me on Twitter as ho underscore doyan. That's H-O-E underscore D-O-Y-A-N. And you can find me at Tamar Writes and a lot of my writing at cultscene.com and also Billboard. And Alexis is Cultscene's editor-in-chief, so give her a lot of love as the editor who has to put up with all of us ranting about K-pop. I have credentials, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cult Scenes K-Pop Unmuted. You can listen to this and please review it on any uh, podcast app that you like, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music Play, Google Play Music. I don't know what that is because I have an iPhone. Then anywhere else. SoundCloud. SoundCloud, yes. Please listen. Please share. Please comment. Please comment nicely. Thank you so much for listening to us. We hope that you join us again in the future for Cult Scenes K-Pop Unmuted.